Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Digging Deeper, the Rise City Church podcast that digs deeper into uh, the Sunday <laughs> messages and the sermons that we hear. And uh, today we are here, I'm Pete, and here's Brandon who gave the message yesterday. We're in the second week of a series you started called Walking in Big Sky Yep, that uh, is kind of came out of uh, time away in Montana that you had. Yep. And uh, the the opening that that uh, the like the bumper video and everything is just so like peaceful and serene, and then there's this big mountain behind you. Yeah, and I was just like, I just I, I want to go there. Like I want to go camping. Well, the irony is that I don't know where the mountain background came from, but that's it. it looks like it's winter, right? A little bit. Winter, I, yeah. I don't know. I I just it it has like I'm just looking at it like that looks so nice. I'd like to be there. Yeah. And then I remember that I hate camping, so it well, fades quickly. But yeah. Um, before we get into <laughs> the actual message, I hate camping too. I, <laughs> we have that. In you know common. what? Though? I'm just say this. Uh, side note. Just give me a bed. I actually love being outdoors. Yeah. Like hiking and trails is great. I just don't want to sleep there I'm and wake you. up at I'm five in the you. morning. Yeah, I there just, are hotels uh, for reasons. Yeah, yeah. like I, I love going and, and then just come home. That's the beauty about living in California is like I can reach so many good places without having to sleep there. Uh, but whatever. Um, before we dive into the message, I also was just thinking there's something very unique about this this whole series because it's so uh, the 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 genesis of it, the formation of it was so clear and part of like you shared this trip. Where do most sermon series come from? Like this one was like, I went away to Montana. Here's five <laughs> weeks. Like, but then we have some more coming after it. Like, I wonder if people would just be curious to know, like, where do you generally come up with? Here's a series I want to do, or here's a topic I want to cover. Like what? It's not always going away to Montana. Where is it usually? Yeah. Um, generally, most sermon series are somewhat of a overflow of my personal studies mm. and the things I've kind of worked through in months previous. Um, sometimes it's taking kind of inventory of what we feel like the the church is going through or what we would be, would be helpful to move through. Um, and I always am trying to balance like a topical based sermon series like this one, which is, you know, walking in big skies different than, although we called it famous uh, first words, for our previous series, it was looking at First Thessalonians, and so walk through a book. Yeah, a so I'm I'm always trying to consider like kind of a steady diet, if you will. Like what what's what's some Old Testament? What's some New Testament? What's a book study? What's a topical study? Um, and then what are the things I'm studying? And somewhat of a kind of a hybrid of that is what usually creates series. I you know I will ask you guys or ask different people like what are some of the things you sense that people are asking questions about, wrestling through. Like even when we did tripping hazards before that. Uh, that came about because it's just a lot of my conversations, and I know that you had been meeting people and having questions from the Like Stars podcast. Like, people were engaging in these like tripping hazard questions. So I was like, let's just let's just go after that and do a series. So, um, very rarely is it like I'm going to get away and spend five days doing something like the Montana one. Um, but it really is just kind of that's why I'm not very good at planning really far out in advance. That's that is probably one of the things that could be frustrating working with me um, is I can get you about three to six months at best. And even then I'm probably going to call some audibles just because it's hard for me at times to preach things that are not fairly fresh of what I've gone through or am going through. Hmm. And I feel like that creates a, a sense of resonance uh, with the message, but also with the people that I'm preaching to. Yeah. 
I've always found it. I, I was at a church for a while that they were like, "Here's the next twelve month preaching." Yeah, and I'm like, really? All right. Yeah, there are a lot of churches that do do yeah. that. I just there's just a lot of things that happen nine, ten, twelve months from now. It's like I have no idea where I'm going to be at or what's going on. So there's a phrase, or or uh, call it a an idea or a sentiment maybe that gets bounced around a lot, and I never quite know how I feel about it because I'm sort of. Like, yeah, I kind of agree, but I'm also kind of, it's this idea, I hear this, um, uh, the Holy Spirit can speak to you about the next 12 months. So like, and and the idea is there's almost like these two camps. There's the one camp that says, I'm just going to wing it, man, let God talk. You know, yeah. I don't need to plan stuff. And then there's the other camp that's like, no, no, like I can pray now and God can tell me what to talk about for the next year. And I'm always kind of like, like, yeah, I, I kind of see both sides, you know, I'm like, I... But I wonder if maybe like there's just a healthier middle ground of like, yeah, we do need a plan. We shouldn't just get up and start talking. But at the same time, like just saying I, I, I'm with you, like I don't feel like when I'm planning that far in advance, it usually ends up changing anyway. But I want to be more like prepared to like, well, what's God saying right now? Is he changing directions? And um, like, where do you come down on that like whole winging it versus like long range versus like letting the Holy Spirit move and things? I mean, I think. I don't know if it's all personality based, but there's a lot of it that's that way. It's probably and, true. And organizational, like culture based. So like I I I do agree with people who say, you know, like the Holy Spirit can be in my planning and preparation. And right. absolutely. So whether or not he actually gives specific details about events that are gonna be going on twelve months from now, uh, that's that's one thing in and of itself. Like that doesn't happen to me. Um, I mean, I can look at the calendar and be like, twelve months from now there's gonna be an election. So I have a feeling that there's probably going to be like I can like predict some of those things, but mm -hmm. like but in terms of a lot of guys that I know, or, or women as well that preach, they their personality is is more like let's let's plot, let's plan, let's strategically take people on a journey and know where we want to go, what topics we want to hit, and so they come to a twelve month calendar and they're able to say, we know we want to talk about something that has to do with spiritual growth, we know we want to do something that has to do with marriage, we know we want to do something, that's, and they're able to like just constantly fit things in there, and I do believe the Holy Spirit's in their planning, their preparation, I think their personality is probably uh, pretty steady, pretty like um, ordered in a, in a way. Yeah, they're probably planners um, in their own life. Yeah, and then there's other people that, you know, like I am definitely more of an emotive feelings type person. And so if I don't resonate with it on that level and generally that comes if it's something more fresh, new, recent, um, I, I, my wife always tells me you can't tell a difference she says you can't tell for me. She'll oh, say that. I can. And, and, and I can and, absolutely tell. And, and I'm like, I don't know if that's absolutely true. And like, I feel like even this series with right now with walking in big sky, like it's just, it's personal. And so when it's personal, it, it's just, there's an attachment to it. And it, it feels like it comes out different than I'm studying something and presenting something to somebody. So, right. um, so I, I come down on just saying probably based on how you are. I, I think, I think even if you're a 12 month planner or something like that, I think it's really healthy to be able to have moments and permission to have spontaneity or call audibles because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, and not to say, we got to stick to the plan because it's the plan. Um, but at the same time, if you don't have a plan, then I think that you are uh, not being faithful to the call and role that God's given you. And so it'd be good to have at least some type of a plan yeah. <laughs> in a little bit of advance because we have a staff. That's the other thing too is like, you know, Ben is preparing videos or we're doing graphics and stuff like that. And so in an, in an aspect of, for me personally, honor is a big deal. 
I feel like if I have people spin their wheels on a lot of projects and then cancel it, I'm dishonoring the work that they've done. And so I feel like this tension too, where I don't want to get too far ahead because I don't want to put people uh, making efforts towards things that might not come to fruition. Yeah. I would even say, maybe even like going, when you were talking, I'm like, oh, I absolutely can. I realized that might've been confusing. I was maybe, I wasn't necessarily saying I can sit in the audience and know whether you are. Yeah. I was saying as a preacher, preacher. it's oh, so okay. different. Like, cause I'm not, you know, <laughs> surprise, I'm not quite as feeling centric as you, but I'm exactly the same way. If I get on stage and this isn't like something that's really burning and passionate in me, yeah, I have this internal, like almost like guilt of like, I'm phoning this in right now. <laughs> like this, mm. I'm just talking. I'm not, I'm not, it's not that I don't believe it. I wouldn't say something I don't believe, but it's like, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't feel this. It's yeah. not like burning in me. And then it just feels like I just talked for 40 minutes. What's really frustrating about that is I'll, sometimes I'll do that and I'll think, oh gosh, that was just awful. And then like, that was amazing. And I'm like, really? Come on. Don't, don't, don't say that was amazing. I phoned that in. Um, but it's, I guess maybe it's just something to do with the fact that like, it's probably true that most people can't tell if you yeah. are doing a good job, you're preparing, even if it's not burning inside of you. But um, I don't know. I think in the long run, like, I don't know. I, there's just something, there's something powerful when the Holy Spirit is moving in you as a speaker in your own heart and you bring that forward. And yeah. I don't know. So I, I'm always, I want to plan, but I also always want room for that. And yeah. some kind of like, man, am I feeling this? But I've also found in, in, in speaking of this, like, you know, because in, even in the nature of, of our working dynamic where the, the planning of the content primarily comes from you there are always going to be Sundays when I'm on the schedule to preach and it's like well I didn't pick this topic yeah um and learning to and I don't maybe this is the right way to say it but it has been a learning experience for me to say God I didn't pick this topic but I believe that you can still stir something in me and so just approaching my Bible or the topic as I pray for and say God I, I don't feel anything right now but I know this is your word so stir something in me and letting him even bring passion to something I didn't pick. I, I see him do that. So it yeah. works both ways. Yeah. And I, and I would say that's probably one of the things that I, whether it's, I hope it's not like control based, but like I, one of the things I enjoy about being kind of lead pastor and lead communicator here and have been in that role in whatever capacity, most of my ministry life is I, I, I love getting to create series and I know that they're somehow I'm connected to them. Yeah. Um, and so I know that's probably a different experience for you or Robert or others at times when you haven't created the series. Um, and so I do enjoy that. I think when I, I'm invited to speak at other places and I'm given the topic, um, I kind of feel sometimes that tension, like why they pick that or what, mm. what's, the, but, but I think anytime I approach the word, and even sometimes if I'm given a topic and it's like, I've never really preached on this passage, I like the challenge and I like just digging in. And because then I had to like put forth like the effort to like dig in and get, then it becomes more personal. Yeah. Um, so I had someone tell me one time that they, they felt like sermon planning for them and they were like an eight to 12 month planner is a lot like God um, causing the sun to rise and set. Like that's gotta be boring, but he's been doing it every single day. And sometimes there's days that have incredible sunsets and sunrises and, and other times you're just like, eh. That was pretty foggy. Um, and he just said, but God's faithful and consistent to continue to do the same thing. And they looked at sermon planning kind of like that. And I was like, well, I, 
I guess, I guess that works for you. <laughs> I yeah. don't know, but I think you're right. I think yeah. there's a lot of personality. Yeah. How you're wired. Um, so the sermon itself, <laughs> hey, <laughs> digging deeper, uh, you talked about rocks and streams yep. and uh, a moment you had in Montana where um, your, your kind of, I guess, spiritual guide took you to a stream and you saw the rocks and the con- the conversation was about the way that the water forms the rocks. Yeah. And ultimately, w- just stepping back and saying, what are we allowing to form us? Um, completely non-Christian Bible spiritual question, just just general question about life in general. What are outs? And you can include Christian things, but just in general, what are the main streams that have formed Brandon Grant? I mean, um, they don't have to be Christian. I can yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean, absolutely. I had someone say this to me yesterday. I had a guy that walked away, and he he, he phrased it this way. He said, "I just had this awakening." He just said, "I just." I I am the primary stream that that shapes my kids, hmm. and so I would say the answer to that for me is my family has absolutely shaped me. Um, I think growing up in a small town uh, in the Midwest is a stream that shaped me big time. Um, going to a small high school, being uh, highly engaged in you know athletics and sports teams and stuff like that um, have been formative, um, and then then you know I've. I know part of my story is getting arrested and kind of having a lot of things in life switch on me when I lost my license, then got invited to this church and stuff. So um, those are, those are some of the main things that I think are like, kind of, I look back and say, those have been really formative. Um, But my family by far is probably the most formative aspect for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hmm. Have there been things that, um, I don't know if this is too personal. Like you, you, you really gave some, um, not in the sense of like, not generic in the sense of like, they weren't like, like they were more like high level 10,000, yeah. like, you know, fear. It was a big, yeah. like, what are some things that, and I know you touched on a few of them, like even just in your past and other things that maybe were things that you wish hadn't formed you as much hmm. or things that you're like, that definitely did not serve to make me the person I was hoping to become anything like that, that you look back on, or do you feel like you hit on most of them in the message? Um, well, I, it's kind of like what your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Right. So like, I would say that like there are aspects, and I think this is true with any type of family dynamic. There are aspects of my family formation that I'm like, yeah, I, I, I wish that wasn't, um, kind of a part of it um i lived in a house where my mom was highly permissible and my dad was the one that was the authoritarian and so i i learned how to like get things for my mom at the expense of my dad Hmm. um which i think because those were it was permitted and allowed like unbeknownst to my dad until later it created in me probably this notion that there's always a way around things so I fight that. Like there's a way to there's a way to go about getting things if you talk to the right people. And there's that's just true, but I don't like that it was reinforced in my life because it's something in my life that one I have to watch now with my own parenting and making sure Jamie and I are on the same page and not one of us is good cop, bad cop. Um, I have to think about like um, it makes me not take no for an answer, which could be a really good thing. But at the same time, it's also one of those things that like I just I think Satan can leverage it if I'm not careful. Um, because 
it, my mom and dad were on the same page as far as like raising us and loving us, but they didn't have each other's backs in terms of like discipline and what they said yes to and no to. Hmm. And I think that that, um, for me as the oldest, just created this almost like tendency to say, yeah, I can still get that. I can still figure that out. I can still get away with it. Mom, mom will let me. Yeah. Um, and if she's listening to this, she's gonna hate me saying that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense to people, but like, that's something yeah. I know that it definitely formed me. Um, so. Hmm. Youth pastor question. We had a fun youth pastor's question. Yeah. How would you say that the the pivotal season of growth, call it 13 to 21, the people that you surrounded yourself at that age have made you who you are today? Uh, well, the people I surround myself with from 13 to 18, I'm, I don't want them to be <laughs> for me. If they're listening. <laughs> well, they know that too. Um, we, I, I, there was uh, BC and AD, like before, before Christ and after mm. uh, for me. Um, you know, I, I had a best friend that was, he and I were kind of captains on the sports teams through middle school and high school. And um, I really cared about his approval and I made a lot of choices that I wish I didn't because I knew that he think it was cool, hmm. um, but they weren't. Do you and think there are vestiges of that in your life still today? Or do you think you've been able to kind of reform <laughs> away um, from some of that high school stuff? I was, I'm asked, I was thinking about this myself. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that there are, um, I think in terms of that influence, I'm not in that uh, vein. Um, I think going back to even like my family and being from a small town, like, um, and this is because I'm not, I, I got this temper, but I, I, it's something I feel like alcohol was the center of everything that was done in a small town. Hmm. There's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to do. And in and, and my household, like, I mean, my my dad, I didn't ever realize, like, you know, I love my dad. He's one of my heroes, but he was, he was an alcoholic. I didn't really? know that. Yeah, I mean, like, I think based upon definition, an alcoholic is somebody that drinks, I think it's like four or five drinks a day. And I remember going to pick up a friend with my, my dad was driving and we got in the car and my dad had an open beer. Um, and I remember my friend being like, why is your dad drinking? <laughs> I was like, I mean, I thought beer was like soda. I was like, I don't know. Dad always has a beer. Hmm. It's like, it wasn't uncommon for my dad probably to drink six or eight beers a day. Wow. Yeah, and and I didn't and didn't and I didn't notice it. it. Didn't I didn't feel like it faded, but like but that is definitely an alcoholic, and so alcohol was always at the center of things, um, and so I think I think I've always uh, in my own life and even in high school. I mean, I got arrested for drinking and driving. That was that was a a, a pull and a desire to be uh, to have that, and and now it's funny. I I was as a college pastor, I never really leaned into wanting to drink because I saw how much alcohol was such a prominent aspect of the college students I was leading. And then I got out here in California, and there's not the taboo as the Midwest as far as in church culture to alcohol. And I remember our first small group we ever led, someone brought a like a six pack. I was like, "You can do that?" Like, um, and and so anyway, I I just I see how prominent alcohol is here now, and I feel like that there's times inside of my life that I I'm probably I can want to go back to those things and say let's let it make it more permissible and more accessible and easy to do. Hmm. Um, and I have to be really careful because I'm the son of an alcoholic. 
and my sister would tell you like my sister had her own battles and went through it and she's she's been sober now for a few years so i mean say that like so like those are things that were formative that i wouldn't have realized and they still if i'm not careful i have to like watch it because um i'm not above it yeah yeah when you were talking i was uh i mean on sunday morning when you were preaching i i was thinking about the idea of like not just the way streams form the rocks but the like the ability to reform the rocks you know but under different streams because it can be very defeatist if you're just like well this rock is now this shape sorry <laughs> and it kind of got my brain being a little bit reminiscent in my own life like thinking back about the streams that formed me and one of the things that you know there's plenty of them but the one that stood out to me the most and i think this is something that i don't know so we've we've it's come up on this podcast before but when I was in those formative years and, you know, we've talked about kind of my attempt to move out of <laughs> being the very shy kid and things. I was the, the stream that formed a stream that formed me was like the, 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 the rock that is Pete Goodman's heart and way I relate to people was biting sarcasm as a form of communication. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to make friends, if you want to be accepted, you got to find a way to make everybody laugh at any expense. And I remember there for a couple of years, like I, I, I think back in my mind to just sitting at a lunch table with my quote unquote closest friends and just 30 minutes of completely obliterating each other with our words and thinking in my head, like the stream that was flowing over me was this is how you connect with other people. This is how you fit in. This is how you, um, you know, relate. This is how you you're accepted, and how that shape that the water made to me was <laughs> just horrible as I aged, you know, and and I I found myself treating people horribly because I had been formed that well, this is mm. how I, I'm funny. I'm we're joking, you know, <laughs> like yeah. I'm be I'm being sarcastic and silly right now, and I'm just wounding people. And even when I got first, you know, and started dating Julie and early on in marriage, the part of my brain that was like, oh, make a joke, be funny, be silly, um, was just cutting her, you know, mm -hmm. and seeing it in so many parts of my life and coming to this place of saying, like, I need to, like, if I don't let a different stream reform me, I'm going to die alone. <laughs> and so just saying like, God, I, I need you to change this in me. I need you to, this, the way that I'm shaped right now, it's not right. It's not healthy. And it, it really brings up, I think the most important question I wanted to get to today because, and I, and I, um, I got the sense at the first, I wasn't at the second service in the first service. I got the sense and you can correct me if I'm wrong that you maybe were running out of time a little bit at the end when it was like, Hey, let me tell you about some good streams. Yeah. And they, they were a little, and I'm wondering yeah. if like we could use digging deeper, even just our last like 10 minutes together, like to dive in a little bit more into, okay, here are the streams that are going to negatively affect you, but let's, let's, what are the streams that can actually reform you, transform your mind, to yeah. renew your mind? Like what are the, and you know, you, you hit on them briefly. It's just, I think it was like, crap, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, the ways in which you've seen even some of those past behaviors or things, the way that in which God has begun to reform you or things that you've done in order to 
the different streams that have brought about the good shapes, the proper yeah. shapes of your life. Yeah. And I feel like these types of questions and they're really important, like for people listening, like they're, they're going to be some of the same answers you hear all the time in Christian world, but they're, but they're tried and true. And I, yeah. I would say there's that, a reason they're the same. Answers. Yeah. They're the same answers because without a doubt, the word of God, um, when I became a Christian and I was given a Bible and told, this is how God speaks to you. I took that literally. And so I have spent the last 23 years of my life spending the better half of most mornings, like not like a, a chunk of a morning, like saying, I'm going to read the Bible. To, I'm just going to get in the word. There's times that I've read it and been very uninspired and thought, I don't know what in the world I got out of that today. But over the course of 23 years, it's like that water going over the rock. And there are times that I find that like certain passages of scripture that will come to mind that I haven't been thinking about, but, but, but it's, it's buried in there. It's soaked over me. And so I think a discipline of, of reading God's word and, and planting that type of truth in my mind that goes to my heart uh, has definitely shaped my thinking. Um, you know, in high school, I, I had friends that uh, didn't encourage me to make the best decisions. Um, I, I have way better friends now, or I kind of, and part of that's in the nature of what I do for a living, like I work in a church, but, um, but I think knowing that the community shapes me, it, there were some hard decisions, particularly uh, in college about people I ended up not spending as much time with that I initially started my freshman year hanging out with, because I just knew if I was around them, I would not make wise decisions. Mm. Um, so I think your community is a big deal. Um, I think that it's important to talk about and ask questions, whether it be to somebody else, whether it's in your time with prayer, but like, is this thought and is this like this motion of where I'm going with this thought, is it, is it honoring to the Lord and is it going to help other people? Like I ask that question a lot. Like, does this honor the Lord and is this going to help other people? Um, and usually that then will bring you back to like, what does the scriptures say? So I think that, I think having that type of steady diet of things, I, I've, um, I, you know, I, there's things you got to cut out of your life, whether it be people. Um, you know, I spent more time in the first week and I'm not going to talk a lot about this this time because we talked about it last week, but I, I spent more time the first week addressing like kind of this big deal in my life of trying to say, get rid of social media. But that's, that has been something for me that like I recognized like over 10 years that that's, that sucker has shaped me. Mm. Um, and so sometimes that's cutting that out or, or I had a period where I, I was like, I'm going to read the Bible on the, on an app because it's more convenient. And then I end up cutting that out because I was like, I'm going to go back to like the print because it just isn't the same. I'm too distracted or whatever. So I think I think there's a combination of being the word, being with people, being with prayer, openly sharing with other people and processing stuff, um, which constantly elicits like kind of the soaking and feedback and things that are going to help me be reminded of what God says. Um, and And it's not something that directly takes formative shape overnight. I think that was what was so like, and the imagery of it was so important for me to see. It was like when I looked at those rocks and he said, what, if you came back today, no. In a week, no. How about 20 years, 50 years? Like, I think it was Eugene Peterson talked about that discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction. Hmm. And, and it really is. In the long obedience in the same direction, it's weird to be, I'm not old, but like for both of us, like being 43, 44 years old and being able to look back over 20 something years, like, oh, like that has shifted, that has shaped but it wasn't instantaneous, right? Um, and so that a long obedience in the same direction is really important in terms of letting those streams really cover over you and shape, shape you. 
let's go back to people. Um, I, it is funny being this age in this season of life. It's so different than the thoughts I had when I was 22, the things I wrestled with, but I don't know who's listening, what they're going through. There's always a challenge and it's, you know, everyone has their opinions. Like there's, there's a line that's drawn in the sand somewhere on one side of the sand is I'm called to be a light to the world and reach people for Jesus. On the other side of the sand is the people I'm around will form me. Do I want to be formed like them? And, you know, you made a comment about cutting people out of your life. One of the accusations that often gets leveled against Christians is that they're separatists. They're, you know, they just hang out with themselves. Like they're, you know, but, and, and I, I'm, there's a part of my brain that's like, yeah, we need to, you know, Robert, he'll go nuts talking about that. Like, come on, get out in the world, reach people. But then as a parent, I see, hear myself telling my kids, don't hang out with that person yeah. because I don't want them to be formed by them because I know how I've been formed. Um, and I guess just, you know, maybe I admit that the way that you might respond to that would be different depending on how old they were, how, maybe how long they've been a Christian or things. But like, where do you come down on that tension on, on that line? Like, where is the line in the sand for you? Man, that is really hard. I had a guy come to me yesterday after service and he's in the military and he's just like, this is the stream that I'm in. Yeah. It is shaping escape. me big time and I can't escape it. And it's not like I can change the whole platoon of guys, you know, like he's like, so what do I do about that? And I can't just like cut them out unless I quit the military. And I was like, yeah, that's that's hard. That, Especially if you're like a sailor and you're, I'm on a boat for yeah, six months yeah, just, and I cannot jump escape. Jump ship, man. Just, you yeah. know. Um, I think, I think it's, I think clarity is important of saying like, when I say cut people out of my life, I'm not saying like I came to them and said, you're a terrible influence on me and I want nothing to do with you. Goodbye. I just began making concerted efforts and decisions to not partake and go to places and when they were doing things, I knew I couldn't have the strength to like resist. Mm. Um, and I would try to still, and I still today try to figure out other environments that I know are more benign or neutral to spend time with those people. Um, you know, I, I think that that's, sometimes people think that, and, and maybe it is, and maybe it's if it's a toxic relationship and a marriage, all that kind of stuff, whatever. I don't know. Like there's got, we got to have some definitive separation for period because it's just not good. But I think that like, I take, I think it's important to take inventory and ask who's being more influenced here. And if I'm the one that's getting more influenced and being the influencer, then I need to see where am I getting influenced. And I, and I take a step back from perhaps certain activities or different, uh, you know, modes of participation. Um, if it is something like a work related environment, you know, I, I think it's important to ask questions. Like if this thing is taking you out, and you hate the man or the woman you're becoming, and your family thinks that you are like becoming worse than better, and all that stuff. Like, then it may be worth considering over time. Like, how do I find another job? Hmm. I mean, that's hard, but like, it is. It's it may be worth your soul. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing about different relationships if you're dating. So, like, I I don't think there's a prescription to say this is what you need to do or not do. I think there's always kindness in how you do it. And I think that the best thing of explaining to somebody is not talk about that person being a bad influence as much as like, I can't be in that environment. And when you speak to the environment and how the environment is shaping you in a way that you don't feel like it's best or honoring to the Lord that you're following, then you're trying to like not make it personal against that person. 
And when you start saying you're a bad influence, or I just can't be around you, then I think that's where the accusations of judgmentalism and separatist type coming because, and, and you're never going to get away from it. Like, oh, so you, do you think you're too good to go with me to the bar? It's like, no, I don't think I'm too good. I just know that I don't like who I become when I go to the bar. Another guy I talked to yesterday, he just, he just broke, he broke down just talking about, I hate alcohol. I love it, but I hate it. And it's mm-hmm. killing me. And I asked, it's like, so like, how many of your, like, what's your weekends look like? And a lot of it involves getting with friends and drinking. And for that guy, it's probably going to take him saying, I can't be in that situation because it's wrecking my marriage. And if the people can't respect that, or they feel offended by that, you're going to be married to your spouse longer than those friends. Yeah. And so I, that's, that's hard advice, but I, I think that's where I try to tell my kids and it's like, I don't want them to see, like my kids start going to public school. And so since they've been in high school, or excuse me, since they've been homeschooled, they almost had this like indirect, but direct stigma. Like, oh, the public school kids are terrible. Like, and so I was like trying to get them. Like, I'm like, you can't go in there thinking that these are all Satan's spawns. Like, this is not how it works. Like, you know, dad is going to go to public school. All these kids. I'm like, there are great kids in public school. So stop. You, you can't go in there like that. Hmm. And so I was trying to just help them say, okay, there are behaviors, there might be language, there might be thought process. Let's, let's look at those, but not label them to the person. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's helpful or not, but I think, I think a lot of our reputation comes by the language that we use and how personal we make it to somebody else versus talk about the environment or the vice or the thing that's just really wrecking your soul or you feel like is incongruent with your walk with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I have a very, you know, we all of our different things. Like if a friend wanted to hang out at a bar for me, I'd be like, okay, I, yeah. I have no desire. Yeah. I don't drink at all. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in kind of bringing conversation around what I have to cut out of my life are not necessarily, I don't want to say people, but this like, if there's a group of guys or whatever that every time they get together, it's just it just turns into let's just make fun of things. Mm. I get like I, I I love I can't hang out with you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you don't you're bringing something bad out of me. Um, and completely unrelated, but uh, I had to quit playing poker like a while ago. I haven't played poker in probably eight or nine years. Um, that was actually bringing out <laughs> that was bringing things out of me that. I don't want this. Um, and other people are like, you know what? We poker isn't sinful about, you're saying cards are sinful. No, I'm not saying cards are <laughs> sinful. I'm just saying that's an environment that was not forming the rocks of my heart the right way. Cause I'm just so obsessed with winning and like, isn't that why you quit fantasy football? I quit fantasy football. Yeah. yeah because um, the, And I love all the, I, yeah. I miss the relationships of all the guys. I didn't cut the guys out of my right, heart. Right. Um, I cut, that 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 situation out because it was not forming me the right way yeah. and it was leading to me actually to fight with some guys that i loved yeah um so like if i protecting my relationship with some of those guys was not playing fantasy football with them hmm. um and i couldn't imagine how you know comparing quitting fantasy football with having to quit your career i i mean they're not yeah. those are not the same thing like yeah but i'm with you like i i would probably give the same advice in the sense of like listen like how you make money is so far down 
from the importance of who you are as a human being and who God wants you to be as a, as a, as a husband or a spouse and parent. Um, and if what you're doing to make an income is not forming you, I, I yeah, that's hard, but I mean, that, that's, I would pick formation over <laughs> my bank account any day. Um, and I've tried to, so yeah. Jamie, Jamie, maybe we can kind of wrap up with this, but Jamie will say this phrase a lot. And it's, you know, those things your wife, or I guess if someone's married with their, their husband says, or whoever, a friend says, and, and you know it's true, but you just don't like hearing it. Um, this is probably one of her phrases, but um, she always would say, do you trust God to fill in the gaps? Like, so like, like in terms of, like I mentioned last week that right now I, we're kind of taking this fall sabbatical from kids' activities. And my greatest worry is my, my boys are falling behind other kids in baseball. And she said, but you know why we're doing this? And you acknowledge that it's actually good in the formation of our family and it's honoring to Jesus. Do you feel like God can fill in the gaps? Like, like can, can he make up for that in terms of like, what, what, I mean, he's still gonna carry out his will in our boy's life so he can fill in the gaps. Or like, if I, if I end up feeling like for the sake of formation and honoring Jesus, I have to abandon this environment or perhaps like we're mentioning this career it feels like you're stepping off a cliff, but at the same time, can God fill in the gaps? Like, can he, can he make up for that? Like, like does God bless obedience? And he absolutely does, you know? And so I think that like, there's a lot of these things that it really at times, like some of these types of decisions test how anchored we really are to our theology. Yeah. You know, like, do we really believe God can fill in the gaps? Do we really believe God's in control? Do we really believe that he can provide? Do we really believe that if I follow him in this, even though it doesn't make sense, or even though it's really really hard can he make up for it and will he can he fill in the gaps and it's like and when when you answer that and say yes that helps you i think put yourself in a stream that's constantly wanting to be washed over by what god says more than anything else that makes sense sometimes yeah so living by faith <laughs> yeah yeah not cool. easy so so what's coming up what's next week this week is uh grizzlies and chipmunks Grizzlies and chipmunks. Grizzlies, we're talking about some bears and tiny squirrels and what that means to us in terms of fear and people. Cool. Yeah. So that's what we got. All right. So it'll be coming up and uh, this Sunday uh, online or in person and then digging deeper as well next week. So be good. Thanks everyone for joining us. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Thanks, Brandon. Sounds good. See you guys. See you.